Anala? <laughs> Jalo. <laughs> Kir Namach. <laughs> That's Rick Hammond backwards, yes. by the way. <laughs> so you were just telling me about the difference between lip balm and lip gloss. Yes, I think, and this is just my opinion, I could be completely wrong about it. I think lip gloss <clears throat> makes lips uh, shinier and glossier and smooth. But I think lip balm is more for not just making it, uh, making them uh, softer and smoother, but uh, also medicating them. Medicating them. You wear a lip balm, so what medical ailment do you have that I should have? <laughs> I don't have any medical ailments. It just keeps my lips from getting uh, chapped even more. Okay. Especially now that it's still winter time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have herpes or anything that I should know about. Um, the kind that causes cold sores, which like 80% of people oh, gee, thanks. have. Thanks. No, 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 you know what I mean. I know what you mean. The uh, herpes simplex virus, which a lot of people have it. It's yeah. not like, you know. You're the only one. I'm not the only one. I'm going to be on those uh, herpes survivors commercials no. <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Yeah. No, it's not the, that kind of herpes, no. That's good. I won't be, <laughs> I won't be addicted to Valtrex soon. No, no. I heard those Valtrex commercials are pretty funny. Yeah, they're like rolling in the park, playing with kids. I don't know what they're doing. They're on They're on cruises, bicycles or whatever. Taking trips to the moon. And you're like, I have herpes. Yes, and you're living. But that hasn't stopped me from that, living. From going <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> right. Or whatever it is. You are <laughs> in the middle of the Deathly Hallows. Yes, You've gone I further am. than the wedding. Yes. Well, obviously further than the wedding, yes. What's been going on since the wedding? Uh, so many things. Um, they had to leave. They had to hide out in a Grimmauld place. And um, they've been doing a lot of hiding. And especially when they had to um, take the polyjuice potion and turn into the wizards of the ministry because they had to, um, they had to save somebody from going to Azkaban. Uh, Mrs. Cattermole. And why was why did it look like she was going to go to Azkaban? Um, because I think she was supposedly a mudblood. Okay. Um, Muggleborn, and so uh, they they you know the ministry, the people of the ministry consider them undesirables, and so I think they uh, were going to take her there um, because I think she was. Uh, maybe they thought she was a threat or something. I'm, I'm not I'm not exactly sure why. Um, and so, uh, Ron dressed up as, Ron was, uh, looks like, looked like her husband who, uh, she didn't realize it wasn't him <laughs> until later. And, uh, Hermione dressed up as, uh, uh, Mathalda Hopkirk. And, uh, and who is it? Uh, Harry dressed up as Rancorn. I forgot what his, his first name was. One of the wizards. And actually, Mr. Weasley had some kind of a dislike of Rancorn. So so Harry thought it was weird that he was looking at him funny. Yeah. You know, the first time he ever looked at him really angry. Mm -hmm. But he didn't even know it was Harry. Mm -hmm. So, and so now where I, where I left off, I almost said woke up, where I left off um, was when uh, they returned from Godric's Hollow, where Godric Gryffindor was born. And where his parents, uh, Harry's parents, were buried, and Dumbledore's family, and uh, 
Harry woke up from being attacked by a snake who was supposed to be Batilda Bagshaw. But in fact, it was a trap. Yep. And she may have passed on since then, because she was really old. And uh, so uh, Harry is trying to use his wand, but it broke in two, so we'll have to see what happens after that. And uh, Hermione fixed the uh, bite that he got from the snake on his arm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. However, if I remember right, they're in the neighborhood where Harry was born? Yep. Okay, so they've gone by his old house and the cemetery then? Yep, yep, uh-huh, they passed the church and the cemetery and... Uh, Harry went back into the memory of um, his mother and father protecting him from Voldemort. That was very nice of them. Right. Right, it was nice of them. You know, they could have just been like, oh, we love our son, but we can always reproduce and make another one. <laughs> no, they were willing to risk their lives to save Harry. Mm. Yeah. I read this book this morning on the Rwandan genocide. Uh-huh. And the reason I bring it up in the context of Harry Potter... Yeah, that's why I was wondering. <laughs> right. <laughs> one, to, to let you know... That I read other books beside Harry Potter. Of course. Right. Because how can I not brag about that? Uh, the other reason, though, <laughs> is because in the book it talked about how they would separate, like, wives... When the genocide started in mm-hmm. April of 94... Right. Wives would kill their husbands, and husbands would kill their wives. Right. Because there was the war between the uh, the Tutsis and the Hutus. I think oh, I pronounced that. Oh, I... Okay, I think I heard of them, Yes. Yes. Anyways, it's sort of interesting that in the Harry Potter books, there's... Thank you for giving me water. I'll have to get some more out in a, in a minute or so. Right. Anyways. <laughs> all right, all right, get on with it. Get on with it, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me. That in the Harry Potter books, mm-hmm. they're also trying to separate people. Right. They're also like the, the mudbloods versus the non-mudbloods. Right, the purebloods and the mudbloods or the muggle-born. They're, yeah. they're discriminating against people based on things that they can't really control. <laughs> right. So what, what it's making me wonder, mm-hmm. the Rwandan genocide mm-hmm. begins in April of 1994. Mm-hmm. The first Harry Potter book... Right. is published in June of 97. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the uh, mudbloods versus the... Um, non- the purebloods. The purebloods mm-hmm. was either inspired by the uh, Holocaust, the Rwandan genocide, a combination of things? Do you think it came out of our imagination? I think it was may have been a combination of things. Because, um, you know, even today people are being discriminated against because they are somehow undesirable mm-hmm. you know uh and i'm not and i'm and, and this goes beyond you know race culture uh disability whatever it is because you look differently because you talk differently because you believe differently right yeah so i think it's a combination of things and i think what she's doing which is really clever is putting it into a different perspective um except it's in the wizarding world it's not in our world. Well, yeah, that's it goes back to the whole thing of metaphors. Right. If you want to say something, but you want it to be something that the people will digest, yep. you won't come out and say, 
I hate this particular group of people or I hate this thing that this group of people did, you'll do a metaphor to talk about it. Right. So you could look at Voldemort as a metaphor for people in the government that somebody doesn't like. Or you could look at this as a metaphor of the witch trials even. It may Uh not be, you know, maybe a reverse of the witch trials instead of about the Rwandan genocide or the Holocaust. Right. You know. Well, I think there's connections to it. I don't know whether she took it from the Holocaust or the Rwandan genocide. But I think there's... I expected you to research that before coming over today. How was I supposed to know that? I don't know. <laughs> you never told me that yesterday. Oh. <laughs> you never called me yesterday, so that's... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I didn't know there was going to be a pop quiz. Anyway, um, no, I, I think that she may have taken it from other things. Well, well, well speaking of, you know, discrimination, uh, Dr. Seuss, <clears throat> have you ever read about the Sneetches? No, he did operate on me once, but I did not read about the Sneetches. <laughs> No. So there was a little cartoon. I don't know what the name of the book is, but one of Dr. Seuss's characters, they were called the Sneetches. And the ones... So there were some Sneetches that had stars on their bellies and others that didn't have stars on their belly buttons or their bellies. And the ones that had stars on their bellies uh, were discriminated against. I think I got that right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They they had stars on their on their tummies. And the ones that were not discriminated, did not have stars. So I think it's kind of interesting. Well, what did you think about that? Or what do you think about that? What do you think he was trying to say politically? Um, that, you know, discrimination... Uh, as discriminating people for how they look like is wrong. Um, it shouldn't happen. I think that that's, that that's what he was trying to say without saying it. Without actually, you know, saying it in the cartoon. Mm. But... Um, Showing it by the by the actions of the characters on the cartoon, in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Well, just like the Lorax. I mean, the Lorax was a political cartoon. Yeah. About it, the environment. About the environment. I am yeah. the Lorax. I speak for the trees, and I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, even though you're like far, far right wing, you enjoyed it. Yes, I did. But that's be- that's also because too, when I was a kid, I didn't realize it was about the environment. Now that I now that I'm older, I do. I thought it was pretty obvious, even as a kid, that it was about the environment because it's about the destruction <clears throat> of trees. Right, 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 right. But I mean, I didn't know how far into to you know, I didn't realize it was about the issue of of, of environmentalism. Mm. That's what I meant. Okay. But I knew it was about the environment. But environmentalism, I didn't realize it until much later. Yeah. But I still like the cartoon. Well, it's, it's great. Enjoyable. And we hope, I hope that we don't get rid of all the trees on the planet. Well, we do need trees. Yes. It, it does give us, they do give us shade. Well, not only that, but they help with oxygen and all that good stuff. And there are things that grow on trees. And it's good uh, housing for certain uh, creatures in the wilderness. So well, there's then, a variety of reasons. Yeah, and then, trees. you know, you can use it for wood and paper and... Things like that, yeah. So the message is, you are for the trees. Um, well, I'm, I'm for trees on our planet, but I'm not going to say that I'm like an environmentalist. You're no Julia Butterfly Howl. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be living in a tree called Luna. That's or right. Or sleeping in a tree called Luna, Exactly, right? exactly. But I'm, ma- not gonna, I'm not a tree hugger, that's right. what I'm trying to say. Well, but maybe... Uh, Christmas is coming up in about 10 months. That's a long time from now. I know. I want to be the first one to Merry Christmas. <laughs> and happy birthday to you, too. Thank you. <laughs> okay.
Perhaps, though, <laughs> that we could do a Christmas card instead of you hugging me, you're hugging a tree in a Christmas card. Okay, that would be weird. Yeah. But, but I'm not a tree hugger. Well, not yet, but maybe by Christmas you will be. No, I'm not going to change my ideas about tree hugging okay. for Christmas time. Sounds good. That's weird. Just an idea. Yeah. Why are you hugging a tree? <laughs> so, getting back to the Harry Potter books. Yes. There's something that strikes me interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> you know, for, for the <laughs> first four or five books, yeah. there's this sort of consensus that, you know, Voldemort is bad and he's gone and he's never coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, to me, you could use as a metaphor for times of peace. Right, right. <clears throat> because oftentimes when we're between wars, which we haven't been between wars since before nine eleven in this country, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when we're between wars, uh, parents like to tell their kids, and the media reinforces this idea that evil has been defeated, mm-hmm. and that we're done with evil for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as the books go on, mm-hmm. we see a return to or a rise of fascism. Right. Maybe fascism is the wrong word, but you got the basic idea right. of this evil is coming back. Mm-hmm. And we see this foreshadowed a lot by different things like the Tom Riddle diaries right. and, and, and other things. Yeah. But now <laughs> evil is back full force. Mm-hmm. And people are being discriminated against because of how they're born. Uh-huh. I realize that I'm going over all over the place. Right, you are. But um, how do you feel about the idea that in this country there might be a time when you're discriminated against, not because of the color of your skin, but maybe your disability. And I'm thinking about things specifically like the ugly laws that we used to have in Oregon, the sterilization laws that we used to have in Oregon for uh, people with disabilities up until the mid-1980s. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay, what was your question? <clears throat> what do you think of the possibility of something like that coming back? Whether it's in the form of ugly laws, whether it's in the form of, um, you know, sterilization being mandatory for people with disabilities. Uh, I, I, should, I should say, yeah. it wasn't always enforced in yeah. the state of Oregon. Right. Uh, but, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's something, uh, is that something that worries you? I don't know. Um, I, that's a good question. Because I don't know. Um, I don't know if it worries me. I don't know that may happen. It would be terrible if it did happen. Are you saying that they they would have to... A, a person with a disability would have to sterilize themselves to not have children? Well, they wouldn't sterilize themselves, but the state might sterilize them. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. I would hope that wouldn't happen. But that's not something you really think about, I guess. No, I don't. I, I just, I guess, I never, I don't know much about it, uh, about about that issue, I guess. But that's terrible. And the ugly laws were used to discriminate against people with disabilities when they would go into restaurants. Wow. So, let's say um, this, of course, is before the ADA, obviously. Yeah, the ADA uh, wasn't signed until what was it nineteen ninety? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, and the ugly laws, I believe, ended before then. But let's say somebody goes into a restaurant who has a disability, and the other patrons don't like looking at somebody with a disability. Wow. They could be removed from the restaurant because of the enforcement of the ugly laws. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Really, and, and, they were, and they were here in Oregon only? No, no, they were around the country, but they were here in Oregon too. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. 
Wow, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, you should do some research in uh, disability the history. Ugly laws. The ugly I mean, laws. Wow, yeah. they are really ugly. And I, I might have the time dates wrong with the ugly laws. I know the sterilization thing, I believe, ended in 1984. Wow, I and was w- only four years old then. Yeah, and it wasn't mandatory. It wasn't enforced, rather. It wasn't enforced. It wasn't enforced with every single case. But if you were, you know, living in the state of Oregon with a disability, you could be sterilized. Without your without your consent. Wow. Wow. What would they use to do that? I mean, would they put sterilants in the water or something? No, they do surgery. On they the, would in do the water. surgery? If they did it in the water, they'd have to sterilize everybody. They'd do yeah, a surgery on you. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, I know. No, I was thinking about something else. Sorry. Okay. I know that um, there were... Um, I heard something about... Sterilants in water. Uh, people have tried to put sterilants in water. I've heard that conspiracy theory. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. You don't think so? No. You don't think it could happen? Well, I, it's not that I don't think it could happen, but I think if you were to do that, th- there would be so much evidence for that, right? Because, like, an entire city would be sterilized. It wouldn't be one or two person people. It would be very hard to tiger, target one or two people uh, with something like that. Hmm. It would have to be a, a noticeable chunk of, of the population. So I don't think that something like that would be super easy to get away with. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I would... Well, I'm going to look into that too. But anyway, um, yeah, that's crazy. That's really... The ugly laws, that's crazy. Yeah. Really crazy. For sure. But I don't... I, I, I suppose it could worry me if it was an imminent threat, um, if I knew it was imminent, but I don't know. But it, and I think it's because I, um, at this point in my life, I don't want any children. Not that I don't love any children, but just, you know, I don't want to, I don't think I would have the energy to raise a child, even one child. Um, that would, I think that would be too much for me, but that's, that's me. Um, you know, but. Well, I don't want you to have That's any, another, that's another subject. I don't want you to have any children right now either, because we're together. <laughs> Unless you really believed in adoption and wanted to go that route. Oh, that's just mean. What does that mean? We talked about this before. Okay. Having children to give them up for adoption? Mean. Well, what if you just wanted to experience pregnancy, but you didn't want to experience what it was like to actually raise a child? Well, I don't know what the point would be. I mean... To experience what the body goes through during pregnancy. No, I... That's stupid. Why is that stupid? That's wrong. I mean, because... I mean... Unless you were actually planning, to, unless I was actually planning to give my baby up for adoption, there would be no reason for me to give it up for adoption. But so you wouldn't go into it with the intent of I want to get pregnant, so I know what pregnancy is like. I don't really want to be a mother, so when I give birth, I'll give this baby up for adoption. No, that's just weird. Okay. No. <clears throat> that's an interesting argument. Yeah, it is. So. One last thing, or maybe one last thing. What do you think of the idea of, in times of peace, Mm -hmm. we tend to believe in in our society Mm -hmm. that they're going to last and that there's going to be no more wars, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be completely peaceful. And it's kind of hard for us to remember because we've been... In some form or another in a war for the last, I don't know, 18 years. Do you think, assuming 
that the government, uh, that the U.S. gets out of all its current wars. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's a good idea to go back to that mindset? Or do you think that it's dangerous because you're not really looking at what's going on in the world? Oh, so you go to the mindset of... Of now now we're in peace. And now we don't have to worry about war anymore. Um, Because I think it's dangerous to endorse that type of mindset. I think so too. Because it's not realistic. Yeah. And we do, you know, as much as some people don't like wars, we do we do need people to fight our wars so that our country is is safe. Um, and, uh, you know, to think that we are done with wars, uh, that's not, I don't think it's realistic. Do we always fight wars to make sure that our country is safe? Or do sometimes we create these conflicts to keep the people fighting amongst ourselves and uh, maybe for some other interests like oil. No, I don't think I don't think it. No, I, I I really think that the the main reason why we fight these wars is to um, hold on. Got to sneeze. Go ahead. Maybe not. Hold on. Okay, no. My body isn't letting me sneeze. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Um, no, I think the main reason is for, um, I think the main reason is just to, to, to keep our citizens safe. I don't think it has really anything to do with, um, fighting over oil or whatever it is. I think it's, um, I think it's the main goal. I don't think we would just start wars just to start wars. But that's my opinion. Yeah, that's your opinion. And that's it's my opinion. one that I don't necessarily agree with. But we do but we do need people to fight our wars. Right. It's not you know, I know I, I mean, like I said, I mean a lot of people are against a war, but I think we do need them. I don't necessarily know that we need war. Uh but we do need well, people to fight. Well you know what I mean. I, need, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I, I would disagree with the fact that or, or with your opinion, rather, that uh, our, all of our wars are primarily done to keep Americans safe. But that's, that's a discussion maybe for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Alana, do you have anything else you want to say? Um, our dinner was really good. What did we have for dinner again? We had this uh, Mexican lasagna with uh, noodles and corn and beans and cheese and taco sauce and... Uh, guacamole. It was really good, too. Yeah. <clears throat> and broccoli, too. Yep. I can't forget the broccoli. Yep. It, it really tasted good with the broccoli. It did. And the fudge was excellent, as usual. Yep. Good old chocolate fudge. Good old chocolate Num, 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 num. <laughs> Nama. Yummy. Nama. It was very good. Yes. <laughs> That's on a lighter note. Yes. Anything else? Or are you you good? No, I think we're good. All right, Alana J. Lowe. Rick Hammond. 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 Until next time. Till next time.